Hi, I'm Dr. Jamil Sayaj. And on this podcast, we're going to talk about some deep stuff. I'm here to tell you that you're amazing. And often, the only person who can't see that is you. No matter who you are, what you do, or where you're from, there's greatness in you. Let's talk about it. Hey everyone, I'm Dr. Jamil Sayaj and welcome to the Transformation Starts Today podcast, where I interview leaders, champions, and high performers from all walks of life as they share their stories, the lessons they've learned along the way, and empowering perspectives to help you create an extraordinary life without regret starting today. Today we have today we have with us my friend, Mrs. Kat Nee. Kat Nee is a dating clarity coach that empowers frustrated and discouraged singles to get clear about who and what they want in a relationship to manifest their partner. Prior to becoming a coach, writer, and award-winning author, she was a burnt-out workaholic who left the tech industry and her 12-year design career and dived deep in the modalities of personal development, psychology, spirituality, and energy work. Now she passionately brings her years of knowledge and expertise to guide her clients in boosting their self-confidence, elevating their dating perspective, and taking aligned actions towards co-creating their dream relationships. Kat, it is such an honor to have you with us today. Welcome to the show. Hi, Jamil. Thank you so much for being here. Super grateful. Of course. Thank you. How are you today? <laughs> I'm doing amazing. I'm super excited for this conversation with you. Yeah, me too. So to give our audience a little background, you know, it's, it's amazing how time goes by so quick, but you and I met in California, I think back in 2019. 2019, yeah. yeah. We had this two-week psychology training and it was incredible. And then we got to re-meet in Hawaii for a different training that I don't think either of us knew we were going to be there. <laughs> Not at all. It was and, perfect timing. Yeah, absolutely. And so I'm ready to dive right in if you are. Yeah, absolutely. So for my listeners who don't know you yet, they haven't heard your story, can you please share with us, you know, who are you and what led you to do what you do today and what inspires you to do what you do today? <laughs> Wow, that's a great question. Uh, so I'm going to rewind back a little bit more. So bringing up to what the intro mentioned that I was a burnt out workaholic. Uh, when I first, I joined that startup. So I'm in the Bay Area. I joined that startup, which I absolutely loved. I had so much fun working at a company that had just so much passion, like so many heart centered people, super passionate, working towards one mission, one goal. And all of us just poured out our hearts and souls into really wanted to make a difference in the gaming industry. And I just had so much fun, so many amazing experiences um, being there. And eventually, you know, as companies grow, it got bought out. And when that happened, things started to change a little bit. So it was, I was so passionate, like all of us were so passionate. We wanted to do so much more. We got so excited with this opportunity to be able to do even more with this, with this, um, with the buyout. And I just started getting spread even thinner than I was before <clears throat> that I not only felt burnt out, but I was feeling drained and starting to get a little lost and feeling unfulfilled, which was such a big contrast to where I started off being super passionate, just loving what I'm doing and waking up every morning, super excited about work to how I was feeling. And one day I got vertigo. I had no idea what it was. I had no past experiences of it, of it at all. And so I 
went to the doctor. They told me, hey, you have vertigo. And I was like, great. Thinking this day and age, there'll be medicine. There'll be treatments that help me get back on my feet and I'll go back into work. Right. (laughs) But nope. The doctor said, no, the only thing you have to do is rest. I'm like, wait, what? Rest. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, the universe didn't allow me to just take a minute, take a pill, get all better, and then be able to get back into the the grind that I was in. It forced me, it gave me a condition that allowed, that made me slow down and rest. Mm. So I took that time to rest. And then after I got better, I got back into the churn, right? Like I was like, okay, noticing that was definitely very unusual, but I went back into the churn because I had deadlines, I had things to do, I had a team relying on me. Like there was so much going on. And nearly a year after that, almost a year, nearly, I got vertigo again. And I was like, what is going on? I was getting worried. I was like going to the doctor going, is this something underlying thing I have to worry about? It's like, no, you're just, you're just overworked and stressed out. You just need a rest. And that's, and I was like, all right, that, that I think the second time really, I took it to heart more going, okay, something has to change. Something has to be different. I can't keep doing what I was doing. And I remember getting better and driving to work and as I was driving, the thought that just popped into my head was there has to be more to life than this. Mm. And that one sentence just sparked this whole decision to courageously quit my corporate job and go on this wildly amazing, transformative, like self-discovery journey to really reignite my passion for life and to find my purpose and discover what to do next. But before I got there, I had to, you know, obviously submit my my notice and all that. So I stayed a little bit longer because I had a team that was relying on me. So I wanted to make sure they were taken care of before I left. But when I left, I didn't have a job lined up. Mm. I, I purposely went, I, I'm gonna not gonna line anything up. I just want to take this time for me to really heal and take care of myself from all the burnout. So not only did I walk away from a job, but I also walked away from my design career. I decided that I was not gonna go back and do what I was doing before because I couldn't imagine myself giving all my blood, sweat, tears, heart, and soul again, the way I did to that company, to another company. And I felt like if I did, it'd just be a rinse and repeat. So even though I had interviews, I had job offers, like it, it didn't resonate with me anymore and I had just to walk away from that. Mm. It was liberating and also absolutely terrifying at the same time too. Cause like, well, what's next, right? My, at that time, my identity was so tied up with who I was as my job, that that my job was my identity. And without that, who am I? Mm-hmm. And that's why I went on this whole journey. I mean, I traveled to all seven continents within 12 months. I did tons of personal growth, you know, learned more about psychology and spiritual healing and all that to really find ways of healing myself and finding myself and really find a way to just not only rediscover, but also rebuild who I am in order to create a life that I want for myself, because this is my life. I couldn't imagine living my life the way I was before. And I wanted something different. I love that. I I, I got a bunch of notes here. (laughs) All right. (laughs) It's funny too, because something popped into my mind as you began sharing and the first we met Uh were that you and I in a group, we went to dinner and I mm-hmm. think we're in the process of writing a book on being a workaholic, weren't you? 
Yeah, I actually was. I was wrapping up. I was doing edits uh, for, for my book, Dear Workaholics, Yes. which, which, yeah, is like how to recover from burnout and reclaim my life. And because I went through that journey, I was like, I have to share what I've gone through. So, yeah, that's so funny. Oh, my gosh, timing. <laughs> and so a bunch of things come up here that for people who are listening, some of them right now, they're where you were, you know, and yeah. what you're talking about is maybe bringing up some some feelings in them because I have here a few things. First, you talked about this side, this thought, something has to change. Yeah. And you, you had vertigo, other people who are listening are having other kind of symptoms, but ultimately it boils down to either not, it could be, and it could be both, but this mental, emotional symptom or a physical symptom that they're experiencing. And it's almost like the check engine light on a car and it goes <laughs> off and it's telling you, Hey, you know, something's wrong with the engine or, you know, the, the, what is it? Uh, tire pressure is low, something like that. Something's yeah. not right Yeah. now, but when that light goes off, the car will keep working for a period of time. And like you said, this idea of if we identify with what we do, like this is who I am, then we feel like we can't stop. And then when your doctor said, oh, you just have to rest, it was almost confusion. Like, what's that? <laughs> like, exactly. That word is not part of the vocabulary. No, not at all. <laughs> and so when we, when we run ourselves in that way, we lead mm -hmm. to burnout. And so I love that you said, there has to be more to life than this. And I, I needed to rebuild who I am. Mm -hmm. And I think that on the one hand, that can be the scariest thing for someone to consider. And on the other, th on, the, on the other hand, it's likely the most rewarding thing that somebody could ever do. Could you speak to that? Oh my God. Absolutely. <laughs> I remember like thinking about quitting and telling my parents and my parents are like, wait, what? You are in the tech industry. You have an amazing job, high salary, amazing benefits. You're a woman with like in the position you're in. I'm like, they're, it couldn't, they couldn't fathom me leaving my job and not have another job lined up like that in their, in their like, you know, era, that was not possible. People usually work all the way till the way they retire. Right. So for me to go, I'm quitting my job and walking away and not knowing what I'm doing next is they, they were worried for me and I totally get it. Um, and I also needed that for myself. I decided that at that moment, I have to choose me because no one else is going to take care of me. No one else is, knows what's what I'm going through. And I have to choose me. And by choosing me, I had to do something totally out there, courageous and, you know, not knowing what's going to happen. I mean, walking like knowing what I've known and just all that certainty and then going, Hey, I have no idea what's going to happen next. Definitely took a lot of courage and, but also felt exhilarating for me at the mm -hmm. same time of I can do whatever I want. I worked so hard to create a life that I wanted, but I couldn't enjoy it because I spent so much of my time working. And now that I have this ability, like I could enjoy life. I don't have to wait till I retire. I can do that right now. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to go for it. That's why I just went all over. I was traveling. I was doing everything I wanted. I'd followed my desires. I tuned into like, what do I feel like? What would make me come alive? And I, I was in a sense chasing that of like, whatever I could do to make me feel alive again. And, and after doing all this, I realized, oh, I, can't imagine going back to a normal nine to five. So what do I do? How do I create a life that I want? And that's where I came across coaching because I, I 
had several coaches, some even multiple at the same time, just to kind of work through everything I was going through. And I realized like, wow, that ability to help someone was so transformative that I wanted to do that too. So I got coaching certifications. I took, you know, classes and read books all about like how I could do better with that. And in addition, I actually kind of remind a little bit, I actually was coaching. I wasn't coaching dating stuff. Actually, I was doing more career work-life balance because I wrote, because I wrote that book. I want to help other people make that transition or really help them, you know, readjust their life. And I realized after a while going kind of almost like another, like, evaluation in my life going okay there ha- I don't I'm not sure this is where I want to where I want to be or I want to go because looking down the path thinking what I wanted to do I would have loved to go back into corporate to work culture like really help people change how their work environment is and to have a better work-life balance so people don't get burnt out I was like that feels amazing but when I really tuned in I felt like I don't want to go back into corporate yeah. and I was like uh-oh well, if I don't do that, then what am I doing next? And that's where I came across date. I I kind of did a lot of internal work and realized what are people asking me more about? What are people interested in? What is something that I love learning about? And it came to relationships because my whole personal growth journey started with me wanting to be figure out I was a workaholic, didn't have time to date. Now I really wanted to figure out how do I, how do I date now? How do I actually be a better partner? How do I get into a relationship? Um, and I did so much of that work. I loved reading about it, learning about it. And I was like, oh, I and clients, friends, and family were all asking me about that. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I guess that should seem like a natural transition, right? And but I resisted. I was like, I don't want to be a dating coach. Like I see all the content out there going. I absorbed all that content, but I absorbed so much of it because not all of it resonated with me where I just felt like some of it just didn't feel right. That's why I kept on looking, looking for more and more and trying to search more content because I wanted to find what resonated with me that really helped me. And I realized I didn't want to be a dating or relationship coach because I saw what's out there. And I felt like I, I don't, I'm not I'm fully enjoying it or liking it. I don't want to be part of that. And that's why I resisted until I realized I think I was meditating one day, really, or journaling, kind of really thinking about what to do next. I realized like, oh, what I resisted the most is something that I'm actually meant to be doing. Mm. And I I resisted because I was scared of it. I resisted because I didn't know what it what would that look like. It was like almost a repeat of me quitting my job and trying something different was now I'm shifting my niche. That's going to be something different. I'm changing my identity again what does that mean? It's like another step into it of like, all right, another stage of changing who I am and evolving who I am and stepping into that. So I realized, okay, I'm meant to do this because I see something that's lacking in that. And I want to make a difference there and share a message that is a little bit different than what has been commonly shared. Yeah. I love that. So before we get into the speaking about relationships, one comment that I wanted to share from your story Uh For everyone is listening, there was a moment in Kat's story where she said, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to coach the corporate stuff. And then she went, hold on a second. I, <laughs> I, I don't want to do that. But then it was like the, uh-oh, what am I going to do? Because that was my thing. Yeah. And like you said, it could be scary at that point. But for everyone who's listening, there's something right now potentially in your life where you go, I can do that. And then you realize you don't want that. But the alternative is almost, it's just unknown because you don't know what it would be. So it feels scary. 
but cat's a perfect example of choosing what in the moment was the unknown side of it and it leading to something really beautiful and impactful to the people in her life and the people you know everyone she interacts with and that can be the same for you too trusting that you're bigger than anything that can ever happen to you trusting that the unfamiliar isn't bad it's just unfamiliar and you will figure it out as you step into it and just trusting yourself to expand into that absolutely i'd like to chime in a little more about that of we're often told what we should be doing what we need to be doing like people have a vision or expectation of what we should be and oftentimes we follow that because that's what we were told. Even growing up, you're told things of what you should be doing. And we're so used to other people telling us what it is. And when you actually have the ability to reflect and figure out what you do really want, it could be a really uncomfortable because you're like, wait, I'm now chasing something that's not the norm. You're going against the grain. Like you're now choosing that feels right to you. And oftentimes people can feel it's challenging of going, well, I have all these responsibilities, all these bills to pay. I have a family. I have all these, like all these things that feel like are holding them back from what they really want to do. And I'm here to say that it could be really challenging, but once you enroll everyone in your, your family every, and people around you support you and actually lead you toward what you actually love, that is so much more rewarding than continue doing what you should be doing. Yeah. And it feels so much more fulfilling in your life too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So st- stepping into the dating clarity yes. okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a hat, would like to begin by just addressing the foundation of a relationship Mm -hmm. and asking you from your perspective, what is the purpose of a relationship? Ooh, that's a good one. And I think it's not an easy answer because that purpose is different for everyone. And Mm -hmm. I think that there's a part of two people need to figure out what their purpose is together. Mm -hmm. I mean, back in the day, it's financial reasons or whatever, right? And nowadays it's so different that you're, are people coming together because they want to have a family? They want to come together because they want a partnership? They want to come together because they have a common life goal or a dream they want to achieve together? And oftentimes I feel like relationships kind of fall apart is because they're not aligning on the purpose. Mm-hmm. They're not even conversing as they're growing and evolving as people. The relationship has to evolve as well. So it's readjusting, hey, Let's have a conversation. What is our per- what is the purpose of our relationship and continue building on that and growing and evolving that too? Yeah, absolutely. I think being on the same page with where are we headed. You know, I love the metaphor of a relationship as a ship. Yeah. <laughs> and so if we're on the ship, where are we headed? Like, well, what's the mm-hmm. direction we're going in? And is that where we both want to go? And if the answer is no, then that's going to create a lot of challenges. And like you said, for a relationship to have longevity to it, Mm-hmm. It has to be that shared vision, mission, purpose, whatever somebody wants to call it. Yeah. And that's only going to happen through having those conversations early on and making sure it's the right fit and you can mutually support each other on that. Yeah. On that. Not only early on, which is super important. Yes. Have that conversation early on, but also have it consistently as well as things change in the life. Because as different life stages happen, things are going to shift, right? Like a couple comes together to be a partner, but once they actually become parents, that's a big shift and role and how people come together at that point of now it's not just being parents, but how do you still continue being husband and wife even through that? So that even through all the evolutions of a relationship, that conversation needs to be continuously had. Yeah, absolutely. There's a quote that I heard from a mentor of mine a couple of years ago that I want to share. I thought it was really beautiful. And he, he said, the purpose of a relationship is for each person 
to reflect to the other what it is they need to see to become more of who they truly are. Ooh, love that. And I thought it was just Absolutely. so beautiful because it just speaks to that space of if we say a relationship is a place to give, it's a place mm -hmm. where you show up not as I'm half and you're half and we complete each other. Mm -hmm. It might sound romantic in like a movie sense, but yeah. it, from a I'm whole and you're whole and we come together and we each bring out the best in each other. Mm -hmm. And now it's like this spiraling up effect where each of us is becoming a better version of ourselves. And if you also have that mm -hmm. shared purpose on top of it, a vision, something you want to do together, mm -hmm. that's one of those, you know, powerhouse relationships. <laughs> Absolutely. And what you've described is considered a conscious relationship mm -hmm. because that is the intention to grow and evolve and really be the best selves with each other, like helping each other become that. But oftentimes people in relationships don't think about that. And it just, they have different purposes, different goals. So yeah, be able to create a conscious relationship where you're really making the effort to grow and evolve together and help each other become that. It's actually beautiful. And yeah, exactly. The power couple, yeah. that's how it's created, right? And going with what you just said, you know, your experience, what holds people back from creating the relationships they desire in general, like big picture stuff? It's, I mean, it's really getting really clear about who and what they want in a relationship. Oftentimes people get into a relationship because like, oh, like they have kind of a fuzzy idea in their head and they're like, okay, they're kind of figuring it out as they go. Or someone's like, you know, I went on a date with someone and he's like, he was, I'm just open to whatever happens. I'm like, mm, I don't, that's not how I work in a sense, because in a sense, if you, when you have that clarity of who and what you want, you could have those conversations with them right? To know like, okay, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I want. Are we on the same page, right? You want to have real that clarity in various aspects of your life to make sure you're in alignment to build a life together, right? Like you said, it's, you know, two people coming together and evolving, growing together and help each other be their best selves. And that means their, their vision, their mission, their alignment has to be there in order for it to happen. But when people aren't clear, then oftentimes, you know, red flags that come up and they might unconsciously or carelessly just just dismiss them because they get so caught up in certain qualities that aren't even conductive to or conducive to a high quality long-term relationship, right? And, you know, if they don't have those conversations and make sure they're in alignment, you know, they might stay along in the relationship longer than they should have. Yeah. Or they're in a relationship where they cl clearly don't want the same things, but they're forcing the other person to try to be in a certain way to be what they want versus allowing that person to be who they are. So I think when people are really clear about who and what they want in a relationship, that allows both people to come up and be who they are and come together as a partnership in life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think so much of the importance of knowing what you want also comes with by doing that you're able to recognize what you don't want, you know, early on. And yeah. you know, I've seen in my own life. And what I found is that very often the thing that ends a relationship, you could have spotted it right from the beginning. Yeah. But you probably did spot it, but you either overlooked it or you convinced yourself that it was like a one-time thing or that they would change or that something, mm -hmm. but you saw it right there. And it would have been like a big red flag for you yeah. and you perpetuated it. And then it built it, it built and built up. And then eventually that was the thing that ended it. And maybe it's been a long period of time like that you spent learning that. But if you yeah. knew what you wanted going into it, you would have noticed it right then and there. And that could have been what saved you a lot of time. 
Exactly. And, and it's having, not only recognizing it, but also having the conversations about it, mm. that expectations, assumptions, those are all things that I consider our relationship killers in a sense, because when you have that set up, but you're not con- communicating that with your partner, they don't, they can't read their mind. You can't read theirs. They can't read yours. And you're just making all these assumptions or you have these stories in your head of why they're, why they're doing something or not doing something. And that sort, you get so caught up with those stories that you're not really seeing the person who they are anymore. You're not seeing the situation as they are anymore, or not even willing to have a conversation about it. And I think that is what actually creates a lot of problems that people need to have the ability to have open and honest conversations, to be able to be vulnerable with each other. And also at the same time, be compassionate as well. Because being in a relationship is like putting up a mirror and you're really seeing a lot of the deepest parts of yourself, right? You have your baggage, your triggers, insecurities, like all that shows up. And no matter how much internal work you do on your own, things are going to come up when you're in a relationship. There are things that you can't heal and work on until you're in a relationship with someone because th- when the situation comes up, that's how you're reacting to it. And because of all that, that's why it's so important to have the compassion, right? To be able to put yourself in the other person's shoe and try to understand them and try to listen versus judging them in some way, being vulnerable, being able to share what is on your mind. I feel like in a relationship, you should be able to talk about anything and everything. Like if anything is hidden, that creates some kind of problems because we're like, it goes, why aren't you willing to talk to that person? Of Is the trust not there? Is there what, what, what's coming up underneath that, that prevents you to be vulnerable? And openness is so important as well of being able to really share openly, hey, this is what's on my mind because the other person doesn't know until you have a conversation. And what you assume may not even be what's actually happening either. So it's better to get the truth from the person and find out from them exactly what's going on with them. Yeah, beautifully said. You know, similar to, I think courage is a word that comes to mind that is so important because if you... I look at courage and I think of it as courage isn't fearless. Courage means like the definition of it, you're afraid and you do it anyway. Because yeah. whatever it is that you're thinking about doing is that important to you. Like what, mm-hmm. what's possible on the other side of that fear is what you really want. And so it can take courage to have difficult conversations. But at the same time, you think about what's the cost of not having the conversation. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. that can lead to so many problems down the line, but addressing it head on in a loving, and I always tell people, my clients, when we're talking about relationships, we want to communicate in such a way that it's you and me versus the problem, not you versus me. So we're not coming from this like antagonistic perspective. We're, we're this is a team effort. We're holding hands. We're going after it together. Yeah. And so we're going to have the courage to have the conversation. We're going to communicate as effectively as we can. We're going to try to understand each other as well as we can. Because I often find, and you probably see this as well, so many problems in relationships are caused by miscommunication where one person said something and the other person heard something else. Yeah. You know, we assume that because we're speaking the same language that we mean the same thing. <laughs> and words no, can be different things for different people. <laughs> yeah. And, and not only that, the words mean something different because of the experiences they've had, how they grew up, what are beliefs they have, what are their values. There's so many different things that lead to their interpretation of what's happening. And that's why I feel like you have to have that conversation. You need to ask them, even if it's, you feel like the stupidest question of like, what is going on in your head? Like what, or like you notice something and just ask, right. And just create that 
environment to have like have these open conversations because you don't know and you can't know until you actually ask the person and also admit too if like there are times where the person might not even know what they're feeling or what's going on because they're in the moment they're they're in that emotion they're really triggered they can't step outside of it and it's okay to go hey I need some time to process what I'm going through before I come back and talk to you but it's also realizing, hey, let's actually make sure we address it as well. So it doesn't get sweeped under the rug and ends up being this bigger issue, like this elephant in the room that's not talked about until it blows up, right? Mm. Can you speak to, I alluded to it earlier, this uh-huh. distinction between focusing on what you're not getting versus mm. what you're not giving? Ooh, yeah. I think oftentimes it goes back to the whole expectations and assumptions part right? When we're in a relationship because of past experiences of what we've experienced and what we wanted, we often have this thing, well, it should happen like this. This is what I want. So this is what should happen. Or I've dated, I've been with you for so long. You should know what I want. All these shoulds and these expectations, these assumptions are actually what's creating a lot of this tension. And you're not asking for what you want. You're not giving like what the person needs as well. And that's what creates a lot of tension in a relationship. I mean, we've ta- heard, we've obviously heard of like love language, right? Love languages, all of us have different love languages and we'll have kind of a blend of each. And one person might experience love in a certain way. Like for example, acts of service is their love language. But if another person's love language is words of affirmation, that doesn't line up. One person could be doing amazing things and giving and like showing so much love, but they're showing their love in a way that, what they're used to and what they want. But if that your partner wants to be heard of like that they care, they're you're appreciated, they're respected and all that stuff, but you're not doing you're not saying it, they don't feel loved. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's finding in a relationship and figuring out what each other's love languages are, figuring out what each other's needs and wants are. And instead of focusing on, well, you're not giving me what I want, so I'm gonna give you what you want. Like it when we start playing those games, that's not a relationship anymore. You're just, it's, it creates more tension. And then oftentimes it's actually being willing to do something different be like, Hey, have a conversation or take action and start showing up differently and actually giving and being more loving and more caring to your partner and make your partner go, Whoa, what happened? Maybe it's something for me to change as well. And oftentimes we, we expect our partner to change. We're like, well, that person should be doing this. So they, it's their problem and whatnot. Like they're the ones doing this to me. So I am not the problem, but oftentimes we can only do control what we are doing and saying and how we're responding. And it's actually inspiring your partner to follow suit, not making them do it or giving them ultimatums. Cause if you're forcing them, it's not coming from a space of they're wanting to change. And that could just be really temporary, right? But if you want deeper change, you have to inspire that person to change themselves and actually work with you in this relationship. Yeah. Jen, just to give our audience some background in case they're not familiar, you know, the five love languages is a book. I believe it's by Gary Chapman. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a great book. And there's in his perspective, there's five ways that people give and receive love. And, you know, Kat mentioned a few of them is acts of service where you do something for your partner. There's gift giving. There's words of affirmation where you tell them how you feel about them. There's physical touch and there's quality time. And when we think about in the beginning of a relationship, that the, the phase that is often referred to as like the honeymoon phase, 
you just met this person or you just got married, whatever it was, but you're early on in the relationship. And typically you do all five of those things or you do three, four, you do almost all of them, if not all of them. And you're not even conscious of it. Like you're doing all of them because you want to. And you're so excited about it. And so you're in, in Gary Chapman's kind of perspective, you're filling up the bucket, you're filling up their love language bucket and it's full, it's overflowing. And so they're crazy about you. But what ends up happening over time, can you still see, can you still hear me, Kat? Yeah, I, think, I can hear you. Yeah. My Zoom just completely went away. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh still here. Yeah, we're still here, good. And so, um, yeah, so you have this love language bucket, let's say, metaphorically, it's filled up, the person's crazy about you. But then over time, that law of familiarity kicks in, and now you default to what Kat was alluding to, the one or two love languages that are your kind of go-to, and you figure that, okay, this is how I best receive it, and that turns into how you give it. And if you're fortunate, the way you want to give it is the way they want to receive it. But <laughs> right. it, might, it could be, yeah. It might not be, yeah. <laughs> it might not be. And mm -hmm. so my my general rule of thumb has always been give all five and don't stop. <laughs> give all <laughs> five and just do Why would you stop? Keep doing those. And if we stop, it's usually not intentional. Mm -hmm. It's similar to like in the beginning of our conversation today when you were describing yeah. your previous life. Mm -hmm. Well, you're go, 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 and you're really busy and you're rushed yeah. and you're not slowing down. Well, maybe you forgot. Maybe we, we get busy and we start prioritizing other things. We still care about our partner, mm -hmm. but we're not thinking like in the beginning of how can I surprise this person and what are all the little things I could do? And I think anything we can do to regain that intentionality and keep mm -hmm. it top of mind, you know, I know it because I've seen it firsthand and I've also seen it with mentors of mine. People say, oh, like the honeymoon phase or the spark, it, it, it ends. And mm -hmm. From what I've seen is that no, it doesn't, mm -hmm. but it does shift. Your experience of it changes because it's not novel anymore. Mm -hmm. But I've seen people that are literally in their 50 or 60 year, you know, wedding anniversary, and there's so much passion, there's so much love, there's so much affection and playfulness and joy when they see each other. Mm -hmm. And it's and, it, and it's also like a really great friendship that they have on top of that. Mm -hmm. And other people have been married for a couple of years and they say the reason why their marriage isn't great, it's just because it's been, you know, eight years, it's been 10 years. Mm -hmm. That's not the reason. Mm -hmm. And when you when we can put that aside and like Kat said, we can only control ourselves. How are you not showing up as powerfully as you could be? Where could you be a better partner? And if you were to step into that, forgetting about what they're not doing and focusing mm -hmm. on what you could be doing, what you could be giving, mm -hmm. it can change everything so fast. But if we wait yeah. for I'm not going to do it until they do it. Like they got to go first. You're <laughs> <laughs> right. in this like ego trap and you're fighting it and it's not going to change. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what I, I definitely agree too. I feel like relationship, the spark, sex, all that stuff, like that gets better over time It because you've deepened your relationship, you deepened your connection, that it should get deeper and better and stronger. And just, it's something that's built. Oftentimes people are like, oh, they want to meet their, you know, how like their soulmate and thinking meeting their soulmate means everything's perfect right like happily ever after ta-da and that's not really the, the what happens right actually what happens is you have to you end up facing yourself like I said like how a relationship is a mirror you have to face yourself and also work with this person as well and you're building and creating a relationship together it's not something that just happens on its own those those people, those couples who have been together for so many years, it's because they worked on their relationship. They went through life's thick and thin, they challenges, and they stuck together 
and worked through it and they continue working on the relationship to have what that is. It's not something that just happens magically or it just should be just because you chose to get married, right? There's so much work that goes into it. Yeah, I, I, what's coming to mind is just the power of commitment. And mm-hmm. when we come from a space, it doesn't mean, you know, you hate where you are, you're miserable, stick around. It's not that. But yeah. it is coming from the space that if you care about this person and you'd like to make it work, assuming they do too, mm-hmm. it's a way. <laughs> and it can be turned around. Mm-hmm. And I've seen that with mentors of mine and in my own work where couples that seemingly were on the brink of divorce, it all gets turned around. Now, ideally, both of them are invested in that turnaround and they want it to happen. But yeah. going back to the five love languages, I believe it's the last chapter in that book. It's been a couple of years since I read it. But this woman says to Gary, you know, basically, I want to improve my relationship. My husband is not into this stuff at all. He thinks it's all my fault. He's not going to change at all. And Gary basically tells her, look, it's still possible for you to fix your relationship because like Byron Katie talks about, it only takes one person to change a relationship because then from that space, he has her in the book start, you know, filling up the love language tank in his metaphor and meeting all five. And he, he told her it's going to take a while. And I think, you know, a couple months went by or whatever it was. And then he started meeting her needs the way she wanted them met. They started communicating. And at the end of that book, it's like, wow, their relationship was thriving. That might not work for everybody, but knowing that it's a possibility if you bring the commitment and you bring the, I will do whatever it takes to make this work. Mm-hmm. If there is a way, you'll find it. But if yeah. you don't come from that committed space, then the moment it gets challenging, if you have, like like Kat was saying, that misperception that the soulmate or the person who's meant for me it's like they come batteries included, you know, it's like everything's <laughs> good. There's no challenges at all. Yeah. And it's like, the, it's like the quote unquote perfect match off the get go. That perfect person for you is probably going to challenge you. That perfect person for you is going to bring something out of you that wasn't there before. They're going to have you see in your life in a different way. You probably get frustrated at times. <laughs> and it's like when you can see that despite all that, like, I love the perspective. It's not about finding the perfect person. It's not about finding the person with no baggage. It's about finding the person who you're happy to help them unpack. Mm-hmm. And it's like, now you've got your stuff, they've got their stuff, but you're willing to come together and support each other through the challenge, through the hardship, which deepens the connection. Mm-hmm. And it just makes it richer and deeper. And like you said, it then becomes better and better as time mm-hmm. goes on. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think it's also identifying, like you said, the commitment part is so important. It does take one person to change relationship, but it takes two to make it work. Yeah. I think there's that thing of one person can work as hard and try as hard and do all the right things and, and give so much. But if the other person isn't willing to let go of their baggage, their limiting beliefs or whatever, their choice or whatnot, no matter how much one person gives, it's not going to happen. So it does still take two people to make it happen. And it's making sure that the person, yes, definitely make the effort, but also have the conversation and find out, is that person willing to work through that with you? Are they willing to do what it takes to build, rebuild what might have been broken or might have been, you know, not working as well. And to it's coming together. A relationship is a partnership. Yeah. It's not one person carrying the whole relationship at all like it's two people coming together to face life together yeah absolutely so from a dating perspective are there any mindsets or perspectives that you found that set people off on the wrong foot when they're looking for a relationship like there's a way that they're searching for it 
that you can tell right from the beginning that's not going to serve them? Yeah, it's the whole um, has to be this way or else, right? They have this expectation of like, I mean, even if you get clear about who and what you want, if they're so set and it has to be this image and this, and it has to happen this way, it has to be like that when you have all these really heavy expectations, you're not allowing that person to really show up as who they are. Like they're, you're putting and kind of projecting and throwing all your baggage on the other person in a sense, mm. right? But when you let go of the expectations and just choose to be curious instead, be like, I'm curious to learn more about you. I'm curious to find out more about your, like what's going on with you, what you're thinking or what you're doing. Like when all the expectations is transformed to curiosity, that is when a relationship definitely works a lot better because you're, there's no expectation of what it needs to look like. You're finding out, ooh, what's going on with you? Let me learn more about what, like who you are, what you think, what you value, and to understand them and see that person for who they are versus who you're expecting them to be. So by having that distinction, it definitely makes a difference. And when people let go of that expectation of choosing, hey, why not be open and be curious about the person you're with? or expecting this person needs to be in a certain way when you're going to date, when they don't meet that immediately kick them out or like, nope, not interested. It's still different when it's non-negotiables, but if they're just little qualities that in their mind are like, oh, this person has, for example, has to be this height or whatever it is. Like height isn't conducive to a high quality relationship, right? It's really getting to know who they are and what they value. And sometimes people could dismiss some of that just because of certain qualities they have really stuck in their head of what they expect. Yeah, that's a great answer. And what you said about exchange your expectation for curiosity, I think that's so wonderful because like you said, if we come from expectation and we say it's supposed to be this way, mm-hmm. we're we're making the assumption, even if we're not conscious of it, that the way we think it's supposed to be is ideal or like this is the best way, which is why it should be this way. But curiosity is, oh, wow, I didn't expect that. I wonder if that's better. <laughs> I wonder if that's, you know, something that I've never experienced before. Maybe that is what I'm actually looking for. Maybe I don't know until I know. <laughs> and I only know by putting myself out and figuring it out. Yeah, exactly. The oftentimes we have this image of what it needs to look like, and but that's only one perspective, right? But if you look above it and kind of think, well, why do I want this quality? Why is this important to me? And when you kind of get that bigger picture of it, then you could see, oh, if there's a bigger picture, there are many other ways you could actually achieve that bigger picture. It's just not this one particular re- like way that you initially thought it'd be. So curiosity allows you to kind of open up and see different possibilities and go, oh, okay. For example, a lot of like women think, oh, I want you know men at a certain height because and the reason is, oh, it makes me feel safe or whatever, right? Like, well, how else could you find that safety? with that with that partner and maybe it's through having really safe open conversations like there may be other ways this person can really make you feel safe versus going in this height or else yeah yeah. and so outside of curiosity or more Mm. in addition to curiosity are there any mindsets or perspectives that you can share that going into like the dating world and looking Mm. for a relationship that would serve people Absolutely. It is, it's much of what you mentioned earlier, actually, it's having the hard conversations. Oftentimes, you know, we see a lot of dating advice going, oh, don't talk about this. Don't talk about that. Like, you know, hold back, you know, be a certain way, kind of only show up your best, you know, only put your best foot forward kind of thing. If, but that's only a, a version of you. And if you actually just 
it's so much better just to be yourself and have those hard conversations to find out ahead of time. Hey, are you looking for a committed relationship? Do you want to get married? Do you want to have kids? Like, what are you looking for in your life? Like having those conversations of what really matters to you and making sure those qualities are actually checked off first. It makes it a lot easier to have continual conversations. So you don't get sidetracked by like, well, but I really like this quality about this person and kind of bypass, like you said, like the red flags and like totally dismissing it or, or even unconsciously kind of talking yourself out of it because you got so caught up with something else. So by being really clear about, you know, what, who, and what you want, and then having those hard conversations, make it easier to filter through your dates quicker of like, well, this person doesn't want kids. Okay. Like let's not even get into further dates because it's really clear. Right. So it makes it so much easier when all that is upfront and having these conversations and also being completely yourself instead of just showing up as a only version or kind of like holding yourself back waiting because you're scared you're gonna like you know i mean you're scared to, you're gonna like scare that person away right yeah and a big thing that shows up for me when you share that and this mm-hmm. is just my perspective but yeah. showing up as your real self is showing up as the best version of you and I think that so often we think that the the true self isn't good enough for whatever the reason. And so we wear a mask and, you know, the yeah. word persona comes from mask. And so you're putting on a persona because you want to appear a certain way. And there you are, let's say at a date or at a party, or it's like you're meeting people for the first time and you've got this front that you're putting up that you think this is what people want to see. But the, what's coming to mind right now, it's random, but it, it works is like in the Batman kind of universe. You have like the Mm -hmm. bat signal goes into the sky. Batman sees that, oh, they're calling me. And he shows up. But if he gets there and they're like, you're not Superman. Well, you didn't put the Superman signal. You put the Batman signal up. In that same way, here you are putting out a signal. And something's going to get attracted to that. And if it's not the real you, you're not going to be compatible with whatever it is that you're calling in. And so you're actually wasting your time. The real version of you, there's somebody who's going to absolutely be crazy in love with that version of you. And when you bring that out, the ones that aren't interested in you, that's what you want because you want to filter out (laughs) the ones that don't. Yeah. And just to add to that of when you put up that persona, it ends up being something you have to keep on doing over and over. You have to keep on feeding into that persona. You have to continue being that. And it gets exhausting. It gets tiring because I've absolutely done that in my past and realized I didn't realize how thick of a mask I was wearing and how much weight it felt like until I finally broke up with him and went and when I dropped that persona, that mask, it was like weight off my shoulders going, oh my gosh, I wasn't truly who I am. And if I continued staying in that relationship, it would have, I would have been miserable because he expected to, he expected me to be a certain person because that was the persona I put up. And then he wanted me to change more. And I was like, but that's, that became further and further away from who I really am. And that just doesn't work. So it's better just to not have like, we all have our personas in some ways, but it's having that as thin as possible and show up as much as you can to be you because one, it's less stressful. You don't have to like hold up any particular like lies or like hold up certain kind of visions or like, you know, you have to be in a certain way when you're just completely yourself, you feel so much more relaxed. You could be who you are and you want that person to see who you are anyways. And like you said, yeah, 
there's someone out there who loves you for exactly who you are. And when you find that person, that's what makes it beautiful and magical and feels like everything is, is in alignment because you're you yeah. and you're in a relationship being completely yourself. Yeah. And to your point, if we're wearing the mask and we're pretending to be something that, you know, really isn't who we, how we truly want to show up as mm -hmm. deep down, what we want is to be loved and chosen and accepted as we are, yeah. but the signal we're putting out is going to prevent that from happening. But if yeah. we are willing to actually take the mask off and just be seen, mm -hmm. then that's the only way to actually attract that true love. And the other thing that came to mind, you talked about in your previous relationship, this idea that, you know, I was wearing the mask and it, and it was getting so heavy. And if we're willing to put it down, the, the challenge becomes, if we're not willing to put it down for a period of time, first of all, you get to a point where people say in relationships, they've been together for a certain period of time. And then one partner says to the other, you changed. Exactly. And the way I look at it is, it's not that they, they did change in that person's perspective, but from their perspective, the person wearing the mask, they didn't change. They actually finally took it off and became who they actually have always been. Mm -hmm. It's just that you never knew that person. That's not the person you probably fell in love with. And you fell in love with the mask. Mm -hmm. And that's also a really horrible place to end up because now the person cares about the mask. You take it off. Now the chemistry is not there as much or they don't like you as much. But you played a part in the creation of that. And so we can put it down and say, you know what? Maybe I did that in my past. I learned from it. I'm just going to be fully me, fully authentic. You know, I, I, I come from the perspective of just be you all the time. It's not a, um, it's not exhausting in any capacity. It's the easiest thing you could possibly do when you're okay with it. Because <laughs> if it feels exhausting, it's only because you have some beliefs around why it's not okay and you're fighting it. But once you're okay with yourself, like Kat says, you've done, you've done the internal work. It's the most effortless thing to just be you have fun and enjoy your life, live a life that you're in love with, meet people along the way, share what it is that you love, mm -hmm. see how it lands for them. And if they're like, oh my God, that's awesome. I can't wait to be a part of that with you. Let's share that. Then boom, you have a great relationship in the works. But if they say, oh, that's not really my thing at all. And I don't like that. Okay. You know, that's completely okay. <laughs> and you're, and it's uh, what's the word? you are entitled to mm -hmm. your own life, whatever it is that you want. And I guess we yeah. just be together and that's okay. And just kind of a little tangential off of that too, of it's okay if you don't like the same things or have to have everything in alignment, just making sure the bigger picture things are, are in alignment and other things that differences that you have between two people actually is what's make the relationship interesting because you don't want to end up just dating yourself. Like that could mm -hmm. be a little boring, right? But if you date, when you have those differences in the relationship and be like different interests and whatnot, you could teach each other. You could share that with each other. There's that part of it's okay to have the difference be there. It's embracing the differences and learning how to have those differences work together as well. Mm. Wonderful. Yeah. Can you talk about in the, in the bio, I mentioned that you help people increase their self-confidence. Can you talk mm -hmm. about how you typically go about doing that? Yeah, I think it's going through the same way of like when they get really, when I help my clients get really clear about who and what they want, they suddenly go like, oh, this is what I wanted. I thought I needed to like this or need to be that or whatever it is. When they let go of that, then they feel a lot more confident because there's that thought of like, well, I should like that or should do that or, or want that in a relationship. And that creates an incongruency 
And it creates, because that incongruency is there, it lowers their confidence. They're like, well, I should want that, but I don't. So is something wrong with me, right? There's that kind of that underlying um, kind of message that's kind of are cycling through their head. But once they get really clear about who and what they want, and they just become more like, this is what I want. And they can comfortably and confidently express that with someone they're they're talking to or they're dating, or even if they're in a relationship, be like, hey, this is actually what I want in a relationship. Can you meet me there? By having those conversations, and especially when they respond well, it's like, yeah, it boosts their confidence of going, oh, what I want is possible. What I want is what I need for me to be fulfilled in a relationship. So it's like through this process, they're also discovering who they are. And when they let go of all the things that they should be doing, like of what they need or, you know, what other people have told them they needed, what society, culture, family has, has kind of put them in a box with when they let go of that and create their own vision it's so much more empowering and that's where the confidence comes through of understanding who you are who you want and be able to powerfully declare that and look for it and manifest that yeah yeah. and so when somebody comes to you you know, in the mm-hmm. beginning, maybe they're frustrated, they're discouraged with how mm-hmm. their dating life is going. Maybe yeah. they're single and they're frustrated with that. Mm-hmm. Before you really begin the work, what's the essence of what you find they really need to hear in that moment to be able to move through that's, you know, that hard spot that they're in in case people who are listening now are going through that. Yeah, absolutely. That frustration and discouraged feeling comes from is that it comes from that desire of wanting what you want so badly, but not being able to get it. And oftentimes we we see all these strategies out there, like do this when you're dating, do this on a date, like all these different strategies out there of like, this is what you need to do, right? And oftentimes those strategies aren't in alignment of who you are. And you, when you apply those strategies, that, inc- that increases the frustration, increases the discouragement. Well, well, I tried that strategy and didn't work. So you know, they get discouraged of trying other things that could actually help and benefit them. And that's the part of a lot, what I usually tell my clients is like allowing them to hear and it's like what you want is possible. And just to give that, that confidence of there's, you're nothing wrong. There's what you want is possible. We just need to actually adjust, you know, get a clearer vision first before you apply all the strategies, before you try to do all these things. Because once you have a clear plan of what you're looking for and what you want, it makes it so much easier to have those conversations, be able to filter through dates. People are like constantly swiping. I'm I'm constantly swiping. I'm not getting anything. Well, yeah, because you're not doing it more intentionally. When you have that clarity and that intention, that swiping becomes less stressful because you're like, yeah, of course, that's not what I'm looking for. So why, why would I stress about it? Right? When you let all that go and start and when you actually have that clarity, you'll find it. My clients find it really interesting too. If like they start noticing, oh, what I want is starting to show up more. Like, oh, yeah, this person profile mentions it or like, and all that is because we're allowing our conscious mind to start noticing what we actually want and allow that to surface more versus getting lost in the noise of everything that's out there. It's something that you just said that's so cool. Just the idea that when you know what you want, you start noticing it out there. But the thing is that you likely had saw it many times before, mm-hmm. but you just didn't know it's what you wanted consciously yeah. and you overlooked it. And because people get so focused on what they don't want. 
they feel like, well, I don't want this. I don't want that. Well, if you keep on telling, saying that you don't want it, like that's what sometimes what surf keeps on surfacing because you're all your focus and your intention is on what you don't want. And when you start shifting your attention to what you do want, that's when you're like, oh, what you want is possible. You're seeing more and more if like other couples are like that, or seeing more, you know, profiles coming up, or like you just see more examples of what you want is possible because you shifted your focus. Yeah. Something that's coming up for me right now that I'd love to share. Something it's an exercise I share with clients if it's appropriate. And given our conversation and our audience today, I think it'll really help. So if anyone is single, this is like a simple framework that I share with clients. You know, it's like step one, identify what it is that you want. Like really get clear. And that's what Kat's talking about. Step two is what are those non-negotiables? What are those red flags for you that it's and so now you're able to recognize it right from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Step three is you revisit step one and you see what are the things that are necessary versus nice to have. And like you're talking about, about height, right? So I might say a certain height, but then I get to step three and I go, well, if the other like 20 things are present, the height might not be as big of a deal. And so now we're able to kind of in our mind be with it in a different way. And then that final step is, okay, given that this is what I want, how do I need to show up to attract that, which is usually be that, (laughs) So for example, you want to be with somebody who's really active and they hike and they are healthy and they do all these things. Are you doing that? Because they're going to want to be with somebody who's doing that. And if we're not putting it the whole spotlight thing, whatever you're putting out, that whole like attracts like kind of thing. It is true. Opposites attract from a polarity perspective, but there's also like attracts like somebody who's really fit and athletic and runs all the time, probably wants a running partner. (laughs) They don't want to be with you if you're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. And I definitely want to add to that too is how my process is a little different than just writing down these are qualities of what I want in, in a partner. And what I do is also go, this is what you want, but also who how does that person show up with you in the relationship? How do you show up with that person in the relationship? So not only writing the vision of what you want now in the current relationship and also what that future looks like together. So it's kind of what mentioned earlier on this interview of like, hey, having a similar common goal, right? So when you have that really cohesive image of who this person is, how is that person with you? How are you with that person? How you are in the relationship and what the present and the future is like, you get this really cohesive vision of what you want in the relationship and your ideal relationship. It makes it easier to have these conversations and be able to not only use it while you're you know, initially first dating, but also have this evolve with you as you're in the relationship. And you could have that conversation points, be able to reevaluate and decide like, all oh, right, like the things are changed or shifted. Maybe let me adjust a little bit in my avatar and kind of to make sure you're constantly in touch with the vision and what, of what you're looking for and what you want. And yeah, it's like, and also on dates, kind of adding more a little bit to what you're saying. Like, oh yeah, when you see that quality and it shifts compared to the other ones, that's something I definitely tell my clients to be open with too. It's like, you might write this whole list, but when you're on the date, kind of put the list aside a little bit and really talk to the person and get to know the person. There's Yeah, obviously the, the non-negotiables, make sure those are checked off, but the other ones underneath the list and maybe the, you know, under the third or five ones, like underneath that, kind of get to know the person more and see how those qualities actually might shift in your list as you continue dating them. And notice, you know, because you, like I said before, you have a certain image of what that looks like. But once you step back and realize, oh, wait, that what I'm looking for could be shown up in a different way. Oh, that still fulfills it. Like, okay, maybe this call isn't as important. Or maybe this call is now important because now I'm talking to this person realizing, oh, no, no, 
I want this quality more. And then you kind of have it move around. So your list is constantly evolving and growing with you. And it's not a list where you write it once and be like, all right, I'm done. And you already toss it on a door somewhere never to be seen again. It, it needs to grow and evolve as you change as a person as well. When you were sharing that, it was kind of funny. This image popped into my mind of the person's on a date and uh-huh. first time they're meeting this person. And here you have this human being in front of you who's got a whole rich life experience and all these wonderful qualities and characteristics and things that you have no idea about. Like you said, bring the curiosity. But mm-hmm. instead of being with them, you're with your piece of paper. <laughs> yeah. And you're looking going, okay, hold on a second. Are you this? Are you this? And you're missing what's right in front of you. It yeah. could be so much greater than what you even wrote down, but you don't mm-hmm. know. And yeah. so absolutely, you know, giving that person a chance. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the purpose of this podcast is to help people create an extraordinary life without regret, given how our conversation started with your previous career and yeah. what you're now, how would you advise anyone listening to create an extraordinary life without regret? Oh, that's a really good question. And I think before anything, you have to choose it. You have to choose that you want to have an extraordinary life. And declare to yourself that you want an extraordinary life. Because honestly, not everyone wants to and is willing to do what it takes to create a life like that. Because it means you have to face yourself. You have to face your fears, your baggage, your doubts. Like, you know, really get to know who you are at your core, the good and the bad, right? And then not only have you face yourself, but then now you have to make the effort to make the change in your beliefs, in your habits, and your strategies to life and kind of knowing who you are as well. So in order to create an extraordinary life, you first have to choose it and be willing to do what it takes to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And in addition to that is also knowing who it, who in your life is there to support you to create that vision. You can't create that extraordinary life on your own. And I think that's why relationships for me is so important. It's finding that partner who can build that with you. Your partner is such a crucial element. They can really make or break whether you can create an extraordinary life or not because having their support, their love, their willingness to help you out and to create this extraordinary life together as a couple makes it so much more possible than you trying to do it on your own. So who you have in your life is so crucial to building that. Mm, Wonderful. And a part two of this question. Yeah. conversation today was your last opportunity to share your message with the world, what would you want to make sure people left with today if they would never hear from you again? Mm. It is kind of what I mentioned earlier of how being in a relationship is like a mirror being put and put up and really seeing that, you know, the deepest parts of who you are. And you want people to really think about how they show up in a relationship too, of who they are and who they're with. And also be willing to have more compassion and more vulnerability and openness in the relationship. And and obviously curiosity too, right? That we talked about earlier. And it's important to be intentional with your relationship too, of figuring out what is that purpose that you are, that's bringing you together and how do you continue working together to create that vision and that goal? And, you know, what we talked about earlier, people always seem like, oh yeah, after a while, relationships start to get stale or boring. It's just, that's facts of life, right? But honestly, that's a choice. 
when you're intentional with your relationship, you choose and you want and you are working with this person, your partner, to create a more conscious relationship, a deep relationship with so much passion and love, fun, and just curiosity, just like really build an amazing relationship together is it's so important. And, uh, and that's what I'm saying. It helps you create that extraordinary life that you really want of having that partner with you. So yeah, my message is, you know, be intentional with your relationship and really take the effort and time to bring more compassion, vulnerability, and openness to co-create that relationship that you really desire and want. Fantastic. You know, given all the choices that you've made that's led you to where you're at now, mm-hmm. does one stand out to you that was either what you might consider a big decision mm-hmm. or a risk that you took that paid off that you're really grateful that you did and why? Yeah, I think I'm, I mentioned it earlier, maybe a few times of the whole, just because it's unknown, it's unfamiliar, doesn't mean it's wrong. And then when you take that, have that courage to step into following your heart and your desire and what feels right to you and go for it, it could absolutely change your life. And it's okay to feel all the unfamiliar feelings of, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what to do. You know, fear of the unknown, fear of what's going to happen. You know, are people going to support you or not? There's so much stuff that can come up from that. But when you really believe in yourself, believe in what you desire, believe in what you want and make, have the willingness to just go for it. It's beautiful. You actually, that means you're actually living a life that you want and you desire and what makes you feel fulfilled versus what other people are putting on you or expect you to do. So yeah, I think it's having that. The, the biggest lesson is it's okay to be scared. And like, even what you mentioned earlier with that quote of being courage, of courage, right? Of it's okay to be scared, but knowing that when you have that courage to do what feels so right to you, that's when you really could really come alive and and live that extraordinary life that you want. I think that's such a great way to wrap it up. What you just said, the courage when, to do something that feels so right to you. Mm-hmm. What if we played with the possibility that it feels so right to you for a reason, even if we don't know what that reason is, there's a, yeah. there's a hand, there's plenty of things that don't feel right to you to do that you're afraid of. <laughs> this yeah. thing feels so right, even though there's fear. And what could be on the other side of that? And you'll only know if you give it a shot. Absolutely. And be okay when it kind of shifts and pivots as well. Like, like it's in my story earlier, I left my career. I went to coaching. I did coaching, did totally pivot my niche. It's okay when things are shifting and changing, but it's continuing following that desire and knowing, all right, this is going to lead me somewhere for a reason. Everything you've done in the past are just stepping stones to where you're, you're meant to be. Mm, wonderful. And so as we wrap up, Kat, what yeah. are you working on now that's either exciting you or you're working towards it and it's just really captivating you? Yeah, I am so excited about this. It's funny that, you know, in the beginning of um, when you talked about, I was writing another book. I'm actually working on my second book right now. And it's actually going to be a guided journal to help people create and write their ideal relationship avatar. Everything that I was mentioning before, getting really clear in that vision of what you want. And I'll be releasing that on Amazon right before Valentine's Day, 2023. So I'm so excited to be sharing that and be able to help people get create that clear vision and knowing that this is for people who are single, also people who are in relationships too, to kind of get clarity in what they want to really, you know, 
to notice the gaps of what in, in a relationship, like notice the gaps of where, what you want and where it is right now and to have those conversations with your partner or with your date to make sure you're in alignment with all these different aspects of your life. So you're creating, you know, co-creating this amazing relationship and extraordinary life together. Yeah. Fantastic. And so please uh, definitely share it far and wide. So, and yeah. I can share it with, with the listeners as well when, when it comes out. And Absolutely. so how can our listeners learn more about you, how to connect with you? Maybe there's a way they can find out about that when that comes out mm-hmm. around Valentine's Day. Yeah, absolutely. So really easy. So you can find me on Instagram and Twitter and my handle is thoughtfullycat. And also my website is thoughtfullycat.com. So you can find all the information there about, um, and if you go to thoughtfullycat.com slash journal, you'll be able to go straight to finding out more information about the journal when it releases and all the goodies and early access stuff that I'll be giving out. Perfect. I'll have the links to the sh- in the show notes to everything Kat just talked about. So it's clickable, easy to find. Absolutely. <laughs> and, thank you. For our audience, you're welcome. And thank you. And for our audience today, if you enjoyed our conversation, it would mean a lot if you left a review wherever it is that you're tuning into this. It goes a long way, helps other people find the show and share this. You or someone that you know right now, they want to either find a relationship, they want to improve the relationship that they're in. Maybe they can work, work with Kat directly. There's so much available to them here. Spread the word <laughs> far and far and wide. And Kat, before we wrap up, is there anything else you'd like to say? I am. Thank you so much for this opportunity to talk to you and have this awesome conversation and, you know, be able to speak to your audience as well. So thank you so much. I'm so grateful. And yeah, thank you. Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. It was a a real pleasure to have a conversation with you again. And I will see you either in March or September. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) And then so as we wrap up, you know, my life's work is to help leaders, champions and high performers to create an extraordinary life without regret to experience more happiness, peace, and fulfillment as they're building that life that really matters to them. And if that's you, you know, let's have a conversation. You can find me at jamilsayage.com and book a call there. You can check out other episodes of the podcast. I believe this is episode 31. And it's just been such a privilege over the last eight or nine months or so. Crazy to think it's already been that long, but eight or nine months or so, all the guests, the different episodes, different topics. And it's just been such a um, blessing for me. And I've also been told by many, many people how the podcast is impacting impacting them in a positive way. So if you've been tuning in, thank you so much. I appreciate your time and your attention immensely. And I'll have the links in the show notes as well to connect with me if that's what you're looking for. I call the podcast Transformation Starts Today because I find that most people's favorite day to change their life is tomorrow. And that's why they stay stuck. But you can be different. You could think about what Kat and I discussed today. You could think about either the relationship that you're in or the one that you want to be in. You can apply everything we discussed. You can reach out to Kat if you're looking for some additional help on that. And your whole life can begin shifting right now. There's no reason to wait. Transformation always starts today. Wishing you all the best. Take care. Thank you for being with us today. If this conversation served you, it would mean a lot if you left a review and shared this with anyone who may benefit. An extraordinary life without regret is available to you now. Choose it. It's your time.